2: Adi Oladipo here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on Talksport Two, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville.
3: This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two.
2: If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Final extra with myself, the Depot, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, look, we're going to be recapping a historic night of boxing as Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano put on an event for the ages in front of a sold-out crowd in Madison Square Garden. We'll discuss the magnitude of the event that both myself and Gareth were lucky to be at in person, and what next for both women as well is the only option now a stadium fight in Dublin as discussed we'll talk about that elsewhere we are going to look at a comfortable win for Shakur Stevenson over Oscar Valdez which saw him unify the super featherweight division we'll recap what that win and where the performance more importantly puts Stevenson on the pound for pound is surely he's cracked the top 10 now and we'll be looking ahead to a huge fight this weekend as Canelo Alvarez returns to the light heavyweight division he faces the unbeaten Champion Dimitri Bivol in Las Vegas on Saturday night. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2.
4: actually have the the homecoming fight, I I would take it the easiest possible out of the top ten and just say this is how I'm going out, on a nice high, with a nice knockout win in 20 seconds, thank you everyone for your support, I've a fantastic game.
3: It is all over, Dimitri Bivol. I think it's all over right here, and referee Kenny Bayliss in the sixth round, the fight is all over, huge right hand
1: from Canelo. And now the WBC, WBO. Jr. Lightweight Champion of
3: the World, Shakur Stevenson.
2: Gareth, wow. Uh, we were both there inside on Saturday night. Um, look, I always, every time I feel like a, a fight of this magnitude happens, and we've had quite a few in the last couple of years, I always ask you, where does it kind of rank and you know, you being ringside to watch all these fights over the years, where where'd you put that one, Gareth? Because a lot of people ringside, a lot of big boxers. People I spoke to, Steve Bunce and Barry Jones, and they said that's one of the greatest things they've ever seen.
3: Yeah, totally there with that. Um, the magnitude of it—you know—it registers in your body in a weird way. Um, mm. I felt all the the I felt felt a kind of incredible adrenaline surge during the fight, and an exhaustion. It's like your body is led afterwards, but you're wired. <laughs> but you're still wired and you're buzzing incredible atmosphere it built built through the night taylor and serrano utterly delivered it's probably one of the greatest nights i've ever witnessed and and definitely the greatest women's fight i've ever seen um and you know it it delivered for many reasons And, and one is that katie taylor was brilliant early on in the fight, was nearly knocked out in the fifth round. So close to being knocked out, yet recovered to fight Serrano's fight and then make it her own again. And, no, it's just extraordinary. And just everything about the night, the way that Serrano came in, the way the Puerto Rican fans were, the way that there was almost a slow walk, Mm. almost a funereal walk to the ring, Katie Taylor really taking it all in, looking around her as if this was her last moment of breath. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. It delivered to, um, in terms of all the hype it had been given in terms of first ever women's fights headline at Madison Square Garden, the people like Billie Jean King getting behind it, Layla Ali, Christy Martin, Congresswoman v- Vasquez, the, 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 the names, the, the WWE joining forces yeah. with them who are now on design Just the, the, the whole push, the women, the two women at the top of the card, these extraordinary two women, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, absolutely delivered a classic, an instant classic for the ages, which justified all the talk that this was a special moment. I think, and like you say, it's one of the memories that will live with you for the rest of your career, addie and it certainly will in mine.
2: Yeah, 100%. I echo all of that. And just when you you kind of, you mentioned all the females there as well that were ringside and it just sort of women empowerment. Everything just was so important. You had sort of former fighters. You mentioned Lely Ali and Christy Martin. Then you had the new ones, Alicia Baumgartner, ringside, Michaela Meyer, Clarissa Shields, Jessica McCaskill. And it just felt like the moment where everything just went bang. Uh, It reminds me a bit when Adam Smith, when AJ was fighting Klitschko and he said, lift off. And it felt like this was the big liftoff for this new era of female boxers. And now we want to see all the super fights. We want to see Clarissa Savannah. I want to see Alicia versus Mikaela and all the others that could be made as well. Um, and that fifth round, how Katie Taylor got out of that fifth and survived the 6 I mean, only she will know. Because I, 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 I was screaming, she's going to get knocked out. I was adamant Amanda Serrano was going to knock her out. For her to then not just come back and get through that round, but to come back and win the fight. Wow. Did you have a winning, Gareth? I don't know if you've done it round by round. Did you have a winning?
3: I did. I did do a round by round. I had um, Katie Taylor winning uh, 96-94. She had to win the last two rounds for me. Yeah. Um, I had them all even going into the last two. Um, But like you say, that fifth round where she was trapped on the ropes. It was a horrid, horrid round for her. She was trapped in the Puerto Ricans' corner. And it happened a few times during the fight early on mm. when she got trapped in the corner. Um, she trapped in the Puerto Rican's corner and she took a, 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 almost a minute of attack, torrid attack, where she covered up, didn't really fire, fire back very much. And then they went to the centre of the ring and she was staggering forward oh, in the last man. 40 seconds. She was so close to being knocked out. And Could it's that wonder- have been a 10-8? It, uh, it, it, I considered that. I actually yeah. considered that. At the time, mm-hmm. um, scoring it a 10 8. Um, but it was very close to, I think, because someone doesn't go, go down, you don't score it a 10 8 in boxing. You probably would in mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she would, but you know, to, to, to have the tenaciousness to, to come back afterwards. I mean, they went at it in the sixth round as well. They yeah. went at it, you know. But Taylor recovered her composure. Um, no, it was absolutely extraordinary. It, it, it had everything. Apart from they were both down and got up again and it almost had that. And Serrano as well, physically, what, what a specimen she is, you know. Yeah. To keep going in the way she did. And I have to say it, and I know we can talk about it in more depth as the show goes on, would three-minute rounds really ca- count against Katie Taylor in women's boxing?
2: You know? They certainly would. I mean, there's a couple of times there where you're thinking, this goes on for, let, let's forget a minute, this goes on for another 20 seconds, yeah. she's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the two minutes almost bring out a, sort of a beast in her that can only go for two minutes. And I think they make it exciting and then they get a minute rest. It's almost like you're getting a lot here. You're fighting for two minutes but you're getting a minute rest where the men obviously fight for three minutes and get a yeah. minute rest. And it's almost, yeah, it's, in, it's an interesting discussion. Uh, Jake Paul's an interesting character. He's he done his part to build this up as well. And he deserves, he's plaudits and Eddie. And I mean, you were at the weigh-in where the violins kind of bring out Kate. Are oh, those violins by the way. I mean,
3: how good was that? It, it was phenomenal. The, the whole to to even the atmosphere at the weigh in set up for something yeah. electric. It was you know it, it, it wasn't the calm before the storm. It was the electricity coming before uh, the storm. It yes. erupted. You know um, to have to have a baying crowd in there for the weigh in. To, to 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 have the excitement grow every time it was it was about Serrano and Taylor or Taylor and Serrano. It was just, everything was right in the week. And, and you know, it was so often in boxing, we we see um, a massive hype and promotion and then the fight. And sometimes the fight doesn't deliver. You can go back a week, Tyson Fury and, and, yeah. and uh, Dillian White. For some people, that fight didn't deliver. It did for me because I think Fury showed his levels. But it was just extraordinary the whole week was extraordinary to be honest
2: it certainly was look we're going to recap the fight and, and what next for both rematch and where the rematch could happen as well uh Jake Paul spoke about the Middle East which w- was interesting we'll, we'll talk about that uh, there was another big fight on Saturday which is almost I feel sorry that it almost happened on the same day and that was Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson uh, unification fight happened right here I'm here in Las Vegas people um Shakur Stevenson getting the win and showing his brilliance Uh, Again, we'll recap the fight, but Shakur Stevenson showing that we are looking at a potential great here now going forward. And a guy for me that's now cracked the the pound for pound top 10 as well.
3: Absolutely. Look, I've said for a while now that Shakur Stevenson has all the tools in the box. He has everything, he has the intelligence as well to go on and be the number one pound for pound in the world Mm. to be another Floyd Mayweather, not in the mold of Floyd Mayweather, to be a guy who's seemingly unbeatable in the square circle, you know, when he steps into it, he's so comfortable in the office. He's got so many skills, you know, I put, I nailed my colors to the mask daddy. And I said, I thought that, um, Shaka would smoke uh, Oscar Valdez. Look, he put him down. He beat him dominantly. Um, and, and the key is how long he stays at 130 pounds at super featherweight we're talking about. How soon mm. he goes up to lightweight for these amazing, what I believe oh. are super fights with Vajral Lomachenko, yeah. Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, um, George Kambosos and Devin Haney. I think he could potentially beat them all, even though he's mm. coming up a weight division. He's showing it again and again, um, you know, um, I think what he'll try and do is become undisputed, have two more fights at one thirty, and then move up. But this is a guy who's still very young and improving with every performance. And anyone who is seen as rugged or skilled, he just seems to make boxing look so easy.
2: He does. He does. Uh, Ogao, I think, is one of the other champions. And (laughs) look... I mean, I like a gal when you have to give a gal credit for being a champion, but he's not living with Shakur Stevenson. He looks so much bigger as well. He looks so much bigger than Valdez, where I was already thinking about him. You mentioned Floyd. I was already thinking 147 is going to be a landing spot. And that's crazy because he's at 130 now. And I'm already thinking he could fight 17 pounds higher, but I know he can.
3: Hey, look, he like, I, I covered the eight weight world champion uh, Manny Pacquiao for many years. Floyd went mm. up five weight divisions, didn't he, to light middle. So... Um, you know there's there's so many um, when you've got those skills as they always say they pay the bills or in whatever division you step into there's a limit and welterweight probably 147 probably would be his limit. and at that point and 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 against you know the great exponents who are like you say a stone and a half heavier naturally than them or a stone heavier mm. they, they do struggle more but you know right now he looks to be the most talented all-round fighter in the sport, certainly the coming force. And what is he? 24? Shakur? 24.
2: yeah, yeah 24 years still, of age. Still, a
3: baby it's going <laughs> on.
2: Um,
3: You know he certainly yeah. is. And, and like, think look, things can go wrong on certain nights. look there's as you say, there's Canicia um, Galway, there's also Roger Gutierrez, the WBA title holder, isn't there? So mm. you don't see those two giving him too much trouble but the great thing is if he does that over the next year he's still learning um, you know, he, he, he's there with Bomek, he's, he's in a great kind of camp situation yeah. um, around the likes of Terence Crawford he'll probably never fight Terence Crawford I imagine, I don't see their paths crossing but he did, he, he, he did for Jamel Herring who was in the same camp, didn't yeah. he? So yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he, wh- what we saw is, I think, if we saw greatness having emerged in 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 New York, we saw greatness emerging in, in Las Vegas last weekend, Eddie.
2: Yeah, and we've certainly got greatness uh, here Coming. right now. Yeah, 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 in Vegas this weekend, the pound for pound king Canelo Alvarez takes on the unbeaten WBA light heavyweight champion Dmitry Bivol. I almost, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a Canada fight is almost going under the radar a little bit. It's weird, maybe because we've had these big fights back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back weekends now, and a Canelo fight coming off the back of what happened in Madison Square Garden. Maybe it will start to build up in the next couple of days, but being here on ground right now, it still feels a bit quiet, but I know it's going to really ramp up in the next couple of days, go.
3: Well, it's, what is it? Tuesday at uh, nine in the morning, isn't it? You know, where yeah. you are. Um, have you, did you have the grand arrivals on the Monday or is that later on today?
2: That's later on today.
3: Yeah, it, well, listen, I, I've been there for many Canelo fights all the way back to his debut, believe it or not, uh, there in Vegas um, uh, on the undercard. I think it was a, of was a Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, if, if, I, if memory serves me right. I, in, and was there the night where he fought and lost in his only defeat to Floyd Mayweather. There will be, there's he's such a big star. Yeah. That there will be people coming in. There'll be people coming in from out of town to see him uh, in the grand arrivals. Um, I think one of the issues here is he's not against a name, is he? You know, we're going to yeah. get that fight in September, I think, if he mm. and Gennady Golovkin uh, fight. For me, this is a banana skin fight this weekend for him against Dimitri Bivol, who I think he will win, Canelo. I think he's very special. But Bivol is the same size as him, if not a little bigger, a little taller. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a natural 175-pounder. He's not someone that boils down in weight. He's rather like Joshua Boazzi in that way. Yes, He's a yes. very strong, natural 12-stone-7 fighter who, um, who get, carries great skills, brilliant amateur pedigree, he won't be intimidated by Canelo Alvarez. This could be a really, really good fight. And, and the jeopardy of course is that it's low risk. Um, it's high risk low reward for him in this contest. But that's mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the issue with the week is that Bivol isn't such a big name. But believe me, you wait for the week to build. The Mexicans will be coming in in their droves.
2: Yeah, I can imagine so. We're starting to see them coming already. All right, you'll listen to Final Extra on Talksport 2 with the zone. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be looking ahead to that Canelo versus Bivol fight coming up on Saturday in Las Vegas. And we'll discuss the big win for Chico Stevenson over Oscar Valdez. But up next, up, we have to start with what was a historic night at Madison Square Garden.
4: I was here, I personally just woke up into the sunset. But I do understand the leo of wanting to fight at home in that big stadium, and she deserves it more than anyone. Welcome back, you're listening
2: to Fight Night Extra on Twitch Sport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth Play Davis alongside myself as well. All right, let's try, try and recap what was in the story. That night, Saturday, Madison Square Golden sold out Half the arena Irish, half the arena Puerto Rican. A couple of Englishmen like myself and Gareth chucked in there as well. Um, it was fascinating, Gareth, wasn't it? It really was. And look, we spoke about it earlier. It wasn't just the fight itself. It was the whole week, the whole build-up. You had the WWE female fighters there. You you had all the historic previous past greats there from female boxing, the current female greats as well there. Everything was there and it just worked.
3: It really did. Well, it transcended boxing in the end um, it, it, as, as an event, as we as we mentioned in the opener to today. Um, you had all these great names from the sport saying, look, this is an amazing moment. We, we we're celebrating the fact that women are two great women boxers are getting the platform they fully deserve and. Uh, as I say, Billy Jean King from outside the sport. We had the transcendency yeah. of the WWE involved. Becky Lynch, they used all the right things because Jake Paul's involved. You've got the whole YouTuber generation being drawn to it. Becky Lynch, uh, who's a massive star now in WWE, of course, in wrestling, uh, introducing Katie Taylor at the weigh-in. And then, you know, on on the night itself, you had a series of decent fights. Cal- uh, Galalia Phi. Uh, looked good, and he made almost forgotten luck. how good almost that forget- was. exactly. Yeah. He, he looked brilliant on his on mm. U- his USA debut. Maybe an opponent set up for him in lots of ways. It's great to see him move on. Liam Beefy Smith um, looked terrific again, in a great fight with Jesse Vargas. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, which he he really delivered. I I thought he would make it rugged for Jesse, and he made it a very difficult night for him. Brilliant victory for him, and you know, uh, I think we saw with Ellen Sederos and, and, and H.H. Diva of French on Cruise Design that, you know, there are levels in the game and they are not at the level of the other two women who we're about yeah. to speak about. And, but it was still, it was an incredible scrap. Sederos was so brave with a broken nose, bloodied, and she went till the end in that fight and kind of showed that, you know, the H.H. Diva might be the undisputed super middleweight champion right now, but she's got um a uh, 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 kind of progress to make as well. She was mm. hunting with the overhand right all night and not a lot else. Occasionally yeah. her jab, but that was a an intriguing and, and fascinating fight. And then we had the main event which was just off the charts. It delivered as I said earlier. So it was an instant classic Eddie.
2: Yeah you, you pray for main events like that. And, and it's good it's a good point you make in the comparison between Franchon Cruz de Zern and Elon Sederos. who look that's an undisputed fight. But the levels between them and Katie Taylor and Serrano, light years, honestly, light years. Uh, and I'm happy you mentioned Katie Taylor's walkout as well, because watching it, it was almost all like she was taking it all in like this is her final fight. It, it felt like that. And I think Tony said it on broadcast as well, like that walkout made you almost feel like she knows she's about to go into battle with someone. And this could be that. This could be it. This could be the final one for her. In the end, she was like, no, 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 <laughs> this isn't the final one. There's there's more left in the tank. Or, or is there more left in the tank, Gav? Should there be another one? Should she continue? Should she just walk out like this, the biggest female fighter of all time, the toughest test ever, Madison Square Garden? Is this enough to say goodbye, good night? see you later?
3: Well, look, she's 35. She's a lightweight. She's, she's never really kind of um, gone up in weight or gone down in weight in terms of her body. She's always kept yeah. her body as it is. She's thirty-five. She had a very long amateur career. She had a uh, football career before that, of course. Fifty caps for Ireland. I think it was. Yeah, people forget um, that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, and and imagine if women were being paid well to do that, she may have never come to boxing. Um, mm. You know, the Olympic gold. That that whole and it, you know, it's a twenty-one fight unbeaten career over six years now. And um, when you look at that, she's had some. She's had three or four really hard fights the two fights with Delphine Passoon, the fight with Tasha Jonas this fight now they're all absolute wars over over 10 two-minute rounds and you know you, you just wonder at the age of 35 whether there's certainly desire in the tank but you know she's got a certain style the other girls call it quite amateurish sometimes you know it's it's not a it's not a a professional style that you want to see her go on and on and on because she does need her movement, um, she, do, she and she did use that in the first four rounds until her, that torrid fifth round when she was nearly knocked out. So Rano for me really came to the fore in the middle rounds, and then i I, I thought it was fairly even then get pretty even between the two going into the last two rounds, and Taylor found herself again yeah. um, on this historic night and and I'm not sure. She should go on, but there is a massive money fight to be had in Croke Park. I've said it since the Olympics in 2012, Addie, and I think they've made a mistake for the last decade is that Katie should have turned pro in t- 2013 and had a fight in Ireland, and she could have fought mini Mouse and sold out 70,000 or 80,000 at Croke Park.
2: Indeed, we'll speak about that. Let's hear from Tony Bailey, obviously part of the broadcast team for the zone, He was speaking to TalkSport yesterday and he warned that Katie Taylor shouldn't have the rematch and said, if there is one more fight, it should be an easy fight in Ireland.
4: If I was here, I'd personally just walk off into the sunset. Mm. Laura, I'm not going to lie, but I do understand the lure of wanting to fight at home in that big stadium and she deserves it more than anyone. So, okay, I would literally have the, the homecoming fight and I would have a debut since in the other corner. Because uh, yeah. she's got the power to do it. So uh, I, I would just I, I would take it the easiest possible of the top ten and just say this is how I'm going out on a nice high with a nice knockout win in 20 seconds. Thank you, everyone, for your support. I had a fantastic journey.
2: Tony Billy there speaking to Talk Sport yesterday. Um he's concerned like a lot of people. Um I would be concerned about the rematch, if I'm honest with you. Um look, I like you scored at 96-94. Katie, there were swing rounds. You could have gone the other way to Serrano, maybe even a draw, which would have been maybe more befitting of the fight. But I am a bit concerned seeing her go in against Amanda again because Amanda hits hard, very, very hard. And I've never seen Katie hit like that, even against Delphine Pursun or Lina Dartu that hit her quite hard. If there was a rematch, although Katie Taylor won this one, I'd make Amanda the favourite for the rematch.
3: (sighs) Um, I think Katie, as she did in the second fight with Delphine Passoon, she does show a brilliant ability to adjust Okay. in the, in the second fight and I think um, even though I had uh, the fight with Tasha Jonas close, I had her losing in the first fight against Delphine Passoon in that very arena on the night yeah. Anthony Joshua uh, was knocked out by Andy Ruiz or stopped by Andy Ruiz um, I think she does adjust very well okay. and I think if it if it were, and if it is in Ireland, um, I do. I I see her pipping it in a very similar fight again. But I don't. I had that same conversation with people on Sunday, Addy, and even after the fight with the likes of Tom Hauser sitting mm. alongside me ringside, Muhammad Ali's biographer, and and Joe Santoliquito from from Ring Magazine, um, Coral Barry from the BBC. We were all chatting and saying that you know. Maybe she should take an easy homecoming fight. But you say that, maybe it's Tasha Jonas uh, in in, in Ireland. Still a difficult fight. I don't think Katie would be happy with... um, She's not a marketeer in boxing. She's she's very honest about who, uh, who she wants to fight and how she wants to fight. And as she said, absolutely, let's roll it back and do it again. I think it will be Serrano, but Eddie Hearn might take give her other options he said there are other options didn't he afterwards um mm. but i i he do spo- think he that- spoke about
2: cyborg and you know uh, amanda nunez and uh, no discredit to those ladies fantastic mma fighters and too big both of them, too big too big too big. far too big yeah. i
3: saw cyborg out how big does she look mouth.
2: by the way at madison square garden she looked huge
3: yeah well, she must have walked
2: around yeah i couldn't believe the size of her
3: yeah she's probably about 12 stone um, yeah 168 170 pounds yeah you know, so she's far too she's she's as tall as you and I I bumped into her at the New Yorker opposite uh, Madison Square Garden after said hello very quickly obviously I know her well from from the work I've done with Bellator but and, and indeed with the UFC where where she was brilliant as well but no I, they're, they're too big for her Manda Nunes again they don't have the same skills but it's going to be um uh, how do I put it Davina it could turn into a d- fight d- or d- fire firefighter d- Davina versus Goliath, if I can put it that way. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that kind of fight. But I don't really want to see her. Because the trouble is with Katie, there comes, a fight, there comes a time in every fight against aggressive, tenacious fighters that she gets drawn into a battle. We saw it against Sasha Jonas, South yeah, yeah. We saw it against Amanda Serrano on Saturday night. She does get drawn into a battle. You know, we saw it with Delphine Passoon, who was over like a bad rash mm. in the first fight. So I think one more, one more fight works. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I'm not sure that any more after that do. I think the, the big homecoming fight um, would be brilliant. But, you know, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that she's had her whole six-year professional career outside Ireland. And this it's, it, the time is right for her to have a homecoming fight. Uh, before
2: she hangs them up. The time is right. Let's quickly give a word on both promoters. I think deserve uh, plaudits, especially Jake Paul, who's come into this, this boxing world in the last few years and has taken it by storm. Obviously, Eddie is used to these big nights. Jake's done amazing with Amanda. He's done amazing with the promotion. He's just different. He's a different face. And, you know, and I like that. I like a different face, a different voice. And he's really, really almost just almost causing a problem for some of the older promoters. And I don't mind that. He's coming in and he's shaking it up a little bit.
3: No, absolutely. And he showed a lot of maturity this week. Um, I spoke to him several times. You know, he, He's got his own um, heel show that he's doing the whole <laughs> yes, time. He doesn't yes. mind being booed. But he will go from villain to cult eventually in the sport, in my view. I've seen it so many times. You've seen that even people used to, you know, by the way, people used to go to see Floyd Mayweather get beaten eventually. They, they, that's yeah. what they went to go and see, but he won everyone over over time um, mm-hmm. through his personality. Jake Paul's a very smart operator. I give it equal credit to Eddie Hearn. He didn't, I mean, I remember speaking to Eddie at the weigh-in for, for um, myself and David O'Locker when we were doing the William Hill show every day. And Eddie was saying that he was surprised himself. And I, I did find myself absolutely shocked by the magnitude of the event. Yeah as time yeah. went on. And one of the little things to remember is they went on CBS's day, daytime morning breakfast yes. program, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. And you can't get boxers on that show. And they wowed the American audience through the mm. respect they had for each other. I think it was on the Tuesday morning or Monday morning. And it just, it just showed that what they can bring to the event. I thought Jake Paul, um, as I say, just showed a maturity to be involved. And however much people knock him, he's a, he he is an addition to boxing and i think if he stays around and he and we've all said it to him please stay around because he does he is helping in an enormous way and look at amanda serrano and people won't believe this a few fights ago she was earning 10 grand for a fight yeah and, and i and i believe that both women got million dollar paydays on on saturday night and if they meet in croke park and it, they do a Ooh. proper pay-per-view in this time that could even extend to them getting I don't know if they'll get close to eight figures, but it could, they could get close to eight figures, or Katie could at least.
2: I just hope that, and, and look, it's a different discussion, but I really hope that Clarissa and Savannah get something similar in terms of their build-up. It needs promoting. It really needs pushing.
3: It, do, it does. Look, Sky, Sky are there. They've got a massive platform. They could make it a pay-per-view if they wanted to. Um, and, but I think, um, yes, you can have it up in the northeast. Um, sorry, in the northwest, you could have mm-hmm. it up in Newcastle, but but for me, that fight should go somewhere like a Manchester Arena where people will travel, or do it at yes. the O2 Arena. Make it a big event. Make yeah. it a twenty thousand crowd. Don't make it a nine thousand crowd in Newcastle. Let's make it big. Let's. One of the reasons why it was this fight was so big is because it was in New York, where you're on the pulse. You're on the media pulse. There's always been a media pulse around New York. People are happy to go there. 250 media at the event. They do really need to build it. And we've got the enmity between the two women in that sense. You don't often get that. So that I think it should go for a bigger venue, capital city. I'd do it in London or Manchester.
2: Indeed. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport2 with DeZone. Remember, stream boxing Anytime, Anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be looking ahead to sell Canelo Alvarez in that big fight with Dimitri Bivol, which comes up this weekend. But up next, we're going to look back on another huge fight this weekend between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
4: Superstar in this sport, you line them up, name them, uh, I'm ready for whoever, I'm ready for whoever, uh, anybody, any of the champions, uh, I might go collect all the belts at 130, become undisputed, um, I deserve to be a superstar, so this is what I got to do.
2: Welcome back, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2, myself, Adi Arrico, the great girl Faye Davis, uh, big win for Shakur Stevenson on the weekend, unifying The WBC and the WBA belts um, after that victory over Oscar Valdez. Uh, Also, in in doing that, picking up the Ring Magazine belt as well. Um, You've spoken a lot about Shakur Stevenson in the last sort of year, year and a half, uh, Gareth, saying that this guy will become, uh, and look, it's early, but will become a great, uh, will sort of run through the weight classes as well. Did we on the weekend see the start of that?
3: Yeah, we did. We saw a sensational performance and a dominant decision over Oscar Valdez, who he knocked down. He unified junior lightweight titles, as they call it, junior lightweight, super featherweight, I like to call it. Uh, It was at the MGM Grand. Um, Big stage for many, many major fight nights that there have been. I've been there many times with Pacquiao and the heavyweights and Mayweather. It was his home for a long time. Um, You know, Stevenson's clear about what he wants. Um, He wants two other titles at 130 pounds and to become the undisputed champion, Um, even though we know he's the number one in the division, let's be honest. Um, But he wants the hardware. I think that's the right move. Um, Becoming undisputed in the four-belt era is a big thing now. Um, That means WBA titleist Roger Gutierrez and IBF titleist, um, as you mentioned, earlier, Kenichi Ogawa. Um, But, you know, um, the problems with those two fights are they're with rival promoters. So will Bob Aaron be able to make those? He's in the right place. He's in the right position. For me, all his super fights are at lightweight at 135 pounds, 130 pounds. Um, and Oscar Valdez is a terrific, aggressive fighter. I was there in the rain commentating for Talk Sport the Night in Fort Scott Quigg in the tennis court in, in, uh, in California under a tarpaulin. I've seen him up close several times, Oscar Valdez, and he's a handful yeah. he didn't look a handful to this no. brilliant fighter, Shakur.
2: No, no, he didn't. You're right. Um, I, I mentioned at the top the size difference. Um, Shakur just looked so much bigger than him. Like, like even in the clinch, Shakur was able to kind of just wrestle him around and turn him onto the ropes. And eventually he got, he got the knockdown, which obviously Oscar complained about, what it, but it was a clear knockdown as well. Um, for Oscar, this is no shame, obviously, coming off those wins against Robinson Sal and Miguel Bichel. No shame. You've lost to a guy that, you know, me and Gareth think is going to go on and maybe win belts at 135, 140, maybe even 147. So there's no same for Oscar Valdez. Uh, for Shakur Stevenson, if he doesn't get those fights at, at 130, do you go straight away to 135 now? Do you just say, OK, let's just go?
3: Yeah, I'm t- um, maybe. I mean, look, he's still very young. Well, one of the, one of the things about Shakur is that, um, and and I, I think this is, I noticed this when we were at the second um, uh, uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight. He and um, Terence Crawford suddenly rocked up to just close to us at the weigh-ins where Adam Casserell and, and myself work. In fact, that was the night where I kind of got uh, Terence Crawford and Cal Brook together in a little uh, video. Okay. I pushed yep. them together and did a little video with them and they were just, had a little face off and we put it out and did a big numbers, <clears throat> wasn't planned um Shakur's, when you see him physically you suddenly realize how the hell is this guy fighting at um 130 pounds when he's so tall it feels like five nine five ten he's got a long rangy physicality um and, and he but but he is still so young he's able to make that weight um his skills in the ring are second to none um He's got the hunger. He's got all the, the ingredients to go to go on. And I think he's ready for anyone at 135. There are more risks now. Um, I think Bob Arum will probably want to keep him, top Rank probably want to keep him at 130 for another year. He's still learning things. But like you say, yeah. in that weight division, there are always disadvantages. He, look, I spoke to him just recently before this fight, did a Zoom with him, I think for our show for fight night. Um, he, he spars regularly with Terence Crawford. So he, he, he's sparring arguably with, you know, one of the very top pound for pound anyway. And he, and, he, and he loves it in there with Terence. And he's learning all the time. When you can compare yourself, obviously it's only gym sparring but, mm. and it's camp sparring. When you can do that all the time, when, you're, when you've got a, such an intelligent trainer and coach as Bomek, noisy Bomek, Brian McIntyre, um, he's, in, he's got everything in the right place um, to, to to go all the way for me up to the top of the pound-for-pound pound list.
2: Yeah, what I like as well, he's got this arrogance. Um, maybe it's an overconfidence, but I love it. I don't mind it. It's he needs it. He needs and he does. it. He does. Yeah, needs agreed. It. Agreed. agreed. And look, he, he almost apologises for it after. I remember when he beat um, Jamal Herring and went into the change room after and he apologised to Jamal Herring's wife and said, look, I apologise, but this is who I am in the lead-up to a fight after yeah. the fight. We can see he's a lot more cooler and calmer. You mentioned pound for pound there. He clearly, for me, breaks into that top 10. Um, I don't know where. Maybe it's just at number 10. Number 10 right now is a guy called Kazutu Ioka, the current WBO champion. He's at number 10 from Japan. He passes him. Then there's Chocolatito. Then there's Josh Taylor. Where do you
3: have him? Right at 10? Yeah, at 10, you can make a case for him being... Look, he's got... He's got incredible skills. You, you've got to put him in the top 10 at the moment. Um, mm. You know, <clears throat> one of the one of the things I said, I interviewed him for Fight Night two or three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And um, I asked him in that interview, what makes him believe that he can be the number one pound for pound? What is it inside him? And he just, he, he was so intelligent about it that there's, so much comfort. He he feels no discomfort at all in the ring. He's going to have those times when he goes into these super fights, but he just doesn't, he's like Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather put out a video this week of him still, of his grandson watching him sparring. How good did Floyd
2: still look in that spa?
3: Because he's in there every day, Eddie. He's never given it up. And he said, I'm I'm watching my grandson, my grandson is watching me sparring or training in the gym, sparring, still, you know, shoulder roll, avoiding punches, uh, brilliant reflexes, countering with that right, the, the hook, um, the jab. He said, and I'm grateful to my grandson's great granddaddy for teaching me all these things from the age of five. And I think Shakur is exactly of that mould, you know, mm. and I don't want to overemphasise it, but he really does have skills that, he, he really is the guy that's going to be commanding all the attention um, when when these heavyweights, this current era of heavyweights have gone, um, and when this lightweight division, for me, takes over uh, in boxing, and after we've had uh, Terence Crawford and uh, Errol Spence at Welterweight, you know, a unified title at Welterweight, because they'll both go up to probably light middle at that point, but, you know, it's or they'll fight each other again, but he, he, he's very special. And anyone listening to this, go and have a look at him. Go go and have a look on YouTube. And go and look at the things he does. Like you say, he's got this alter ego. And what he does with it is he switches on. He just switches on. He's he, he built for this. He's so, so built for it.
2: You know, it's crazy. Just as we wrap, uh, we'll talk about Kenelo after the break. What What's crazy is that I remember when he was with Andre Ward and he was going to fight Josh Warrington a year and a bit ago. And that's crazy to think what he... Look, I like Josh, but ooh, that would have been a painful night for Josh Warrington. It really would have been. Well, I it was really there.
3: Well, I was there the night in. Um, I think it was Los Angeles when uh, and Million Dollar Crawler, um, Anthony Crawler, fought so Vazalomachenko, and he and he took the fight. You know, and yeah. it was a very very tough fight for him. And I think it would have been very similar. Josh Warrington against Shakur. You know, certainly about, would have. You
2: know, certainly uh, would have. All right, you're listening to Fight Extra on Talksport. Two next up, we're switching the focus. To the pound for pound king, Canelo Alvarez returns and he takes on the light heavyweight champion, the WBA champion, Dimitri Bivol.
3: Dimitri Bivol!
1: The fight is all over. Huge right hand from Canelo. Fans came to see a Mexican showdown, a Mexican war. What they got was a masterclass from Alvarez, and they know for sure now who the star of Mexico is.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adel Adipo, great Gareth Davis as well. The great self, Canelo Alvarez, returns to the light heavyweight division this weekend to challenge the WBA title against the undefeated champion, Dimitri Bivol. Let's look ahead to that fight in partnership with DAZONE.
4: Big fight roundup on Talksport Two with the Zone. Stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com.
2: Gareth, yes. he is back—the pound-for-pound king, Canelo Alvarez, moving up in weight class again, and this time to take on an unbeaten Dmitry Bivol. Very different to when he took on Sergey Kovalev, because I thought Kovalev at the time was almost done. I, I remember watching the Anthony Yard fight and thinking Yard was a punch away from getting rid of Kovalev. This is different. This is a fresh Dimitri Bivol. This is the guy that hasn't been beaten. This is the guy that looks a bit bulkier as well. I've seen the, the, the preview videos. He's coming to win. He's not coming for a payday, as Canelo likes to say. He's getting that, but he's also coming to try and get the scalp of Canelo as well.
3: Well, I think the thing is about Dimitri Bivol, he's a very clever fighter. He, he's a natural uh, light heavyweight, 12-stone-7 fighter, It doesn't boil down, or or, or, you know, to get to that weight. Um, Incredible amateur pedigree. Um, He's done everything in the sport. He's never had a major light shining moment, and 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 the Mm. pressure this week may tell on him um, because I think Canelo, you know, like great fighters before him, beats a lot of people before they even step into the ring, Eddie. And I think Mm. that's that's the major risk for him in this fight. I mean, stylistically, it's going to be a great fight. Canelo's so patient now. He goes into a fight. Bivol is not an aggressive fighter. He can be, but he's a very technical fighter. And I think it's going to be a very interesting chess match. Um, But if Bivol um, lands with power on Canelo, Canelo's really going to feel it. But have you noticed all the videos they've been putting out about Canelo, the ones where he's slipping and sliding in the pocket and moving, moving at that head movement, that the big bag where he's, Mm. he's practicing moving. He is going to be a little more elusive in the pocket in this fight. Whereas, you know, he kind of, he loaded up in his last couple couple of performances, didn't he? He knew he could load up against Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. He knew he could load up. um, Against against, Caleb Plant as well. Against Caleb Plant. And he did really load up in that fight. I think. We could see a masterclass here, but we could well see a, a real battle if he can draw Bivol into it. Um, so
2: ba- based on that, sorry to cut across you there, Gareth, based on what you just said there, is, is this his toughest fight since Gennady Golovkin too, like in terms of names? And like obviously Jacobs was there, and you mentioned Caleb Plant, Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith, obviously yielded him, chucked in there as well. But is, the t- is this the toughest one then?
3: On yeah, I, I, I think it is. I mean, I, you it's it's the most challenging you'd have to say because it's genuine. It's a genuine light heavyweight fight. I think you were sensible not to take on to better Bf Yes, um, I think that you know, um, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, um, if he if he really if he really shows, you know, if he really shows that he can live. Look, Mike Tyson was five ten and a half and four to heavyweight. You know, five mm. ten and a half five eleven and four to heavyweight. If he can if he can best Bivol in a very clever way and be elusive and be really on his game and on his mark, and I think he is in that purple patch where he can do no wrong, um, we may even see him step up to Cruiserweight, you know. Wow. We, we, you know, I mean, if, if he if he beats Bivol... Well, he I was think, going to, wasn't he? He was going to fight Macabre, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was a little bit of a... I think they stuck it out there and there wasn't that much interest in it. People <laughs> yeah. thought Makabu yeah. was so open um, stylistically that I think, and, and quite vulnerable to the knockout, um, but but uh, you a know, real kind of aggressive fighter himself. I, I don't think they saw that as someone that would truly add to his legacy if you like, maybe legacy in terms of um, going up to that, what is it, 5th weight division? Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think you know, I mean, I it sounds mad, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in the UK against someone like Lawrence Okoli. Um, you know.
2: I've, I thought you was going to go even madder there. I thought you were going to say Ustick coming down in weight. Wow. Um, I thought that's what
3: you was going to say. I really thought you were going to wow. tell me Ustick versus Ken would If Ustik can get back down
1: <laughs> to
3: £200. This. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that would, that would that wow, that's a great fight in a really weird way. That's a great fight, that's the <laughs> ultimate fight for him. Obviously, the other heavyweights are too big, yeah. um, yeah, but but for him to, but if he could beat the former or the current heavyweight champion at 200 pounds, notwithstanding what's going to happen when and if that is ever announced, the second fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, I mean, Jimmy if that blue, were to
2: happen. Then I, I we need to have an all-time great discussion.
3: Yeah, because you know, oh, like, there, there, know, there, there has it. to be. He's yeah. in it. If, if yeah. he could beat Usyk, well, wow, yeah. that's that's that might be a step too far. But <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it, it's surely
2: even for him. Yeah, surely, yeah. surely. The problem yeah. is the
3: range. You know, you, mm. you know, it's it's very very difficult. Um, that would
2: that would be wow. something that wow. yeah. Any 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 stadium in the world's taking that.
3: Yeah,
2: any stadium Absolutely. in the world. Um, provided he gets past this one on the weekend it is... Gennady Golovkin in September. Um, do, do you want Gennady Golovkin in September?
3: Yeah, I do. I, I do okay. want a third fight. I think we saw enough of from Golovkin against Ryoto Murata. Bumped into Tom Loffler. I don't know if you saw him in in, in New York. I um, had mm. a good chat to him about Gennady, um, his, his manager, of course. Um, Tom's very keen on the fight in September, but let's see what okay. happens with Canelo this weekend, first of all. But yeah, yeah, it's a big one. It, you know, I was at the other two. Uh, Gallardi, Golovkin, and, and Canelo one and two. I'm, I mean, I know that Gennady won the first fight. Mm. Um, you know, it clearly won the first fight, but I think he'd be up for a third fight, and I think it's, yeah, it's a difficult one. It'd probably be at super middle, I imagine, not middle. Uh, yeah, it has to be, but They it? don't it need belts. Mean. They don't need belts. They just need a weight. It's as simple as that. Um, mm. And I think it would be Gennady's last fight, but yeah, I, I think the problem is Canelo's come on so much, and you know, life begins at 40, but the greatest boxing careers don't, unfortunately. So he's at the big 4 now. So it's a big ask for him, but it's a massive event. And you never know with Gennady. He's got freakish power. The problem is, I don't think he takes shots to the body. He doesn't like that it that well anymore. Yeah. Um, so that could be the biggest issue. And we know that Canelo's got horrific, kind of hellacious body shots. So, um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we live and learn, and we wait to see the outcome on Saturday night, first of all, with uh, Canelo and Bivol, first of all. you know,
2: Yeah, just some some news, obviously, that broke a few hours ago as well. Disappointing for the heavyweight fans. Hergovic won't be fighting on the card anymore. He's had to withdrew, withdraw sorry, from that final IBF eliminator. He's been trying to get someone in the ring for the last year. He finally gets an opponent in Zhang Lee and he's out, uh, Hergovic. Obviously, personal reasons as to why he's out, but that's disappointing. I believe that was going to go as co-main. As well, I think Montana now drops up to co-main but disappointing. Yeah. But nonetheless, the big story is about whether or not Canelo can win a title at 175 pounds. Again, if you are going to give me a prediction for the fight, are you going points? Are you going Canelo to get a stoppage, which would be a hell of a statement? What are you going for?
3: Yeah, and also adding to that, by the way, Flip Hogovic being one of the great heavyweights, uh, rising heavyweights, um Zach Parker and Demetrius Andrade is off as yes. well. Yes, Demetrius Andrade having an injury, just to add to a bit of the news of there, that's only happened. Uh, overnight as well. Um, I think Canelo on points. Okay, um, but but you know you never know in this fight. Um, but I'm, I'm getting, going for the upset. I are you?
2: I'm going for the upset with my eyes. But Canelo will get the <laughs> Canelo. Ah, hand raised. Controvers-
3: yes. con- con- controversial, controversial victory by yes. split points decision for Canelo. Then, like I said to you, Katie Taylor and Serrano might be a controversial split points decision. You did. You, you
2: know what? you did call it. Yeah. You did call it Gareth Faye Davis. All right, that was a look to this weekend's action in partnership with the member Stream Boxing anytime, anywhere on DAZN.com. And this has been a fantastic final extra on TalkSport 2. Big thanks to Gareth Faye Davis as well, who can now pop off and go back to bed, who's just flown yeah. in for New York just for this <laughs> on time. I'm in Vegas looking forward to the big one on the weekend. So no doubt next week, Tuesday, we'll have another absolutely cracking show for you as well. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's has the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.